Hey, what up? Hello, everybody. Alex Kapitko here, centered from Reality Podcast. It is the 17th. What day is today? You got a Tuesday, I guess. Yeah, sorry, it's a Tuesday. And apologies if the audio quality is not up to the normal standard. I am doing this in my car on a lunch break because I wanted to do kind of an emergency podcast, kind of a quick catch-up type of podcast, and I ended up forgetting my mic. I thought I had it in the car, and I didn't. So I'm sitting out here in the valley looking at, looking at kind of a smoke plume in each direction, hoping these are controlled burns, but that's beside the points. Anyways, it is a beautiful fall day. Colors are in full effect, and it's a beautiful place to be right now. Anyways, this uh, this emergency podcast is going to be on the speaker ship chaos in the House of Representatives and how Jim Jordan now is kind of being embarrassed and he did not do a good job of whipping together votes. But the bigger issue to me is that we are at a point where we have almost two wars going on right now, a looming government shutdown, looming chaos around the world, presidential elections coming up, inequality growing, a migrant crisis at the border, and the House still has no fucking speaker. Excuse my language, but <laughs> I just had to say it on this one. And before we get into that, though, I'm gonna wa- I'm I'm waiting a little bit to talk more about what's happening in Palestine and in Gaza and with Israel, because so much is happening so quickly that sometimes I like to take a step back, follow the news, read perspectives, develop my own perspective. And I mean, all I will say is that it's hor- horrendous right now. Um, at the time of this recording, I saw there's reports that about three to 400 Palestinians died in a potential hospital bombing. They're not sure if Hamas accidentally did it themselves or if it was by Israel. But either way, the situation is just getting beyond dire. I think you've had about 600,000 people already flee Gaza City. Someone put, in, put that into perspective that Oakland, California has about 400,000 people. So imagine 600,000 people fleeing an area. Other people have seen the chaos. The UN is overloaded. There's nowhere for them to go anymore. And other people are just staying in Gaza City, which then again is also going to lead to more civilian death and just tragedy in about every corner possible. So I am worried that Israel is somewhat losing the moral high ground that it has. As you guys know, I... I'm a staunch defender of Israel. I think Israel should exist. But again, the government is, I think, being a little too heavy-handed here. And I'm hearing a lot of very troubling rhetoric, like all Palestinians are anti-Semites. Even American Republicans like Ron DeSantis have said that. And I think this kind of escalatory rhetoric is not good. And and I I worry that if Israel is too heavy-handed in Gaza, this will just lead to a reaction from the Arab world that could actually unify the Arab world at a time where the the Arab world's pretty disunited. I mean, Iran and Saudi Arabia have actually been talking, which is pretty damn historic and not particularly good, but there is a rallying cry right now in the Arab world. Of course, this is complicated. The fog of war is extreme. There is misinformation everywhere, but At the end of the day, all I know is that a lot of Palestinians are dying, a lot of Israelis have died, and we are looking to the point where this could be escalating, where the U.S. has to get involved. I saw President Biden has called basically on troops to be prepared to be deployed to the region. We have two carriers now in the Mediterranean. 
This just seems like one of those scenarios that terrifies the shit out of me. Iran is using escalatory rhetoric. Turk, I mean, not Turkey, Egypt is also kind of defending the Islamic cause. Really scary stuff. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot of cool heads on either side of this right now. And then at the top of this, not we're not really talking much about Ukraine either. And that's another conflict going on. So anyways, later in the week, I'm going to probably do a much deeper dive into what's happening, give my thoughts. But all I know is that people are dying. People are dying and the situation is getting more and more bleak. And it looks like it's going to get a lot more bleak a lot quicker. And so anyways, what I did want to just talk about the reason I'm doing this emergency podcast is the House held a vote for Jim Jordan. And there was the assumption that he was going to maybe have like six or seven no votes or sorry, not no votes, but people that vote no. But it turned out there were 20. I was watching or I was listening to this in the background at work and you had 212 votes for Hakeem Jeffries, who is the minority leader for the Democrat. He's a Democrat, right? And Jim Jordan got 200. And a lot of people are calling this pretty damn embarrassing in a sense because Jim Jordan obviously needed to get to that 218 threshold and he's not even close. And it's it's interesting to me, you would think that he wouldn't have held this vote without knowing that he could whip together enough to do it. And instead of there being like five or six detractors, there's about four times that amount. And that is really embarrassing. And it also shows to me that Jim Jordan a lot of people really do not want him to be speaker. And I I heard a really good analysis earlier where they were like, Jim Jordan has the opposite problem that Kevin McCarthy had. What I mean here is Kevin McCarthy basically just had to give up everything to become speaker. He was pretty much just going along with their demands and he just had to compromise with the crazies to get the job. But But on this side for Jim Jordan, he's in maybe a worse situation because there are people in the house that just, that he needs to convince to vote for him as speaker. And there's some people that seem like they are just never Jim Jordan type of people. So he has to somehow convince them policy wise to go along with him. And he's never been very good at that. Jim Jordan is kind of what you see is what you get. And I know he wants to change the appropriations process of the house, which has been lacking for years. And I know he says he wants to do a lot of things. Even people like Dan Crenshaw have said he's moderated, he's changed, he's much more into the, into the process and deliberation. I don't buy it. I call that all bullshit because right now it seems like he has still turned off enough people where it's going to be hard for him to be speaker. So I've heard at the time of this recording and who knows, things could have changed by now, by the time you're hearing this at least, but people are saying now he's, he's in closed door meetings, trying to get some people on board to vote for him. Maybe that happens, but it seems like there is a stronger coalition of never Jim Jordans than a lot of us thought. Now, I was watching an interview with Ken Buck, who is a Freedom Caucus guy, but has been much more sensible than a lot of the other ones. Like he said, Trump stole the election. He doesn't believe the January 6th was a tourist visit. So he says some rational shit sometimes. And he is also not in support of Jim Jordan. He said he likes Jim Jordan, but he can't support Jim Jordan as speaker. And he actually is one of the guys that's talking about Maybe you do have a 30-day speaker, like a coalition of moderate Democrats, moderate Republicans who come together to try to form a coalition of some sort to at least put a speaker in because right now the House is pretty much paralyzed. And it's a horrible time to be paralyzed because we have two wars going on and a looming government shutdown in what, like 
30 days now, I think. So it, it would be a good time to at least consider this, in my opinion. But again, good, good actors are hard to find in the Republican Party right now. Now, the other side of this, though, is it's interesting. They're talking about like a 30-day agreement to get a speaker um, where maybe both parties work to do it, find a moderate. That's almost like coalition building. And for a while, I've talked about how it seems like we are starting to see more of a coalition parliamentary type of system in the United States, not on purpose, but because you do see you have like the far left and the far right sometimes agree on some issues. And then you have the centrist kind of trying to work together to keep the government open and keep Ukraine funding and probably aid to Israel going. And it's actually really fascinating to see that we are seeing like this kind of coalition building where it's not just the the Freedom Caucus sometimes agreeing with like Elon Omar on something. But now maybe you do have parts of the center saying, OK, this isn't working. Jim Jordan can't get enough votes. Where do we go from here? It's actually a really interesting dynamic. And again, I think it's a little bit too early to really see much, but it is just historic in a sense that we have so many crises going on and we can't elect anyone to actually lead. And I i mean, I still think Jim Jordan's the wrong guy. I, I really do think he's the wrong guy. But then there's a part of me who's like, we just need to get someone in there so the government isn't crippled because intelligence sharing, effective government... If those things are not happening, you can you can get a breach, you can get a terrorist attack, you can have some dangerous event happen, and then the government isn't able to respond to it properly. So you know it's it it is a national security threat to not be able to have our government functioning properly. And of course, the sad thing is is that there's a constituency on the far right that wants to see chaos, wants to see shutdowns, wants to see the government paralyzed, but. I, I think if we had a real serious issue happen, people would change their mind, but I don't want that to be the reason why people change their mind. So we will have to see. Now, the last thing I will say here is that everyone's talking about how embarrassing it is and how surprising it is that Jim Jordan had actually more detractors, more no votes than was predicted. And while that's true, I'm still surprised that 200 House Republicans decided to support him. Why I say that is because this guy is despicable. I mean, he not only allegedly helped cover up, uh, you know, a wrestling rape scandal at Ohio State in what the late 80s, early 90s, but he also is an election denier, a conspiracy theorist, someone the January 6th committee found to be almost a co-conspirator with the January 6th election lies. He he refused to cooperate with Congress and law enforcement, and it it's a shame to me that the Nancy Maces and the Dan Crenshaws, just to name a few are now deciding to back him because this guy is a radical and you know compared to like Steve Scalise, Kevin McCarthy, those two look so moderate compared to Jim Jordan. And I guess we can be optimistic that there's 20 or so people on the Republican side that don't want him to be speaker, but I I worry that eventually he will be speaker at the end of the day because I'm just not seeing any alternatives that the party can agree on. And I mean even Kevin McCarthy thinks that, you know, Jim Jordan should be the speaker. And it seems like Matt Gates supported it as well. So he appeals to the two coalitions in a sense. And so it's it's a shame to me that that's where affairs are right now. And he's he, he's crazy. He, he's he's truly crazy. And he's he has enough appeal that I think he will be the next speaker eventually. We'll see if they cast another vote today or tomorrow. But the government is crippled. 
all of us saw this coming. Kevin McCarthy, like I said, was the best the party is going to get. But maybe the Republican Party should look in the mirror a little bit because it's a pretty bad sign and a tragic irony that Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat, the leader of the minority party in the House, got more votes for speaker than Jim Jordan, who's in the majority party, did. Excuse me. So that's not a great sign. If I, if I were Jim Jordan, I would not be too thrilled about that. And I don't think this is a guy who is, is good at coalition building, good at bringing people together. He's a pretty divisive dude, and we're seeing that right now. So anyways, I got to get my quick run in before I'm back for lunch. So back from lunch. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do a longer episode as events transpire, but I just wanted to get this out. Again, also, we'll be following what's happening in the Middle East right now. It's really heartbreaking. That's all I can say. I've, I watch a little bit of the news and I just feel this emptiness inside. So I can't avoid it, but I also can't watch it. So anyways, have a great rest of your day. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. You guys know the rest. Adios.